0: Hey, welcome to week three of Terrifying Enlightenment. Mark Malumby here, Christo, Hello. Sharon, Sean. Hi. Hello. Introduce yourselves again, guys. <laughs> Tell the world who you are.
1: I'm Sean. I'm doing philosophy at UCD. I'm friends with Mark. He's in my philosophy of religion class. Oh, I have a friend. I have a friend. <laughs> and uh, I guess so this is called Terrifying Enlightenment. And uh, my connection to that is, I suppose, that I meditate. And that's about it, really.
2: Sharon. So I'm Sharon. I am a physiotherapist by day and Mark's girlfriend by night. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops, sorry. I mean, I'm Mark's girlfriend all the time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so being with Mark, I don't necessarily have a choice but to be interested in this stuff. But luckily, I already was anyway. And it's just great to be coming along for the ride with all of his knowledge on terrifying enlightenment.
3: (laughs) I'm Christosal. So I'm just looking forward to speaking with you guys. I'm just an existentially curious guy. Let's just say that.
0: Alright guys, Uh, I'm Mark Molumby, studying UCD, old mature student trying to pretend he's not old (laughs) on on campus, but failing with my little grey beard here. So I'm just going to ask you guys about your week, anything exciting, anything, any revelations, any just nice moments. Open up guys, Guys, tell me about your life. Mm.
4: Not really. You, Sean,
0: you've been, you've been practicing meditation for a while. Just tell us what, what you do. Not not necessarily any big enlightening, but do you have a routine that you follow or do you just do it when you feel like it?
1: I try and do it about every day for at least an hour now, which is, I suppose, it's, it's a big enough commitment. That's a serious commitment. Compared to some people, it's it's actually not, but it's like if I have the time, like I'll spend an hour. So, so basically, I just sit there and just be with whatever's happening. Is simple. there
0: a, um, is there music? Is there no, no? and is there <laughs> a view? No. Staring staring there's a wall? there's a blank
1: wall. I'm, I'm like sitting in front of a wall with my eyes open.
0: And have you got to uh, <clears throat> a level of proficiency where you feel like you're not stressing out or or annoyed or no?
4: Okay.
1: <laughs> it's gotten better, but stuff still comes up. Like you want to move. You feel uncomfortable a lot and you want to move but uh, I haven't sort of mastered you know being okay with that yet
0: So well, I'm seriously impressed an hour mm-hmm. a day is a serious not not a serious commitment but uh, I mean it is a serious commitment but it's uh, I mean that's not a basic or early level kind of effort that's I want to get good at this and I'm going to put. It yeah on so I about? guess
1: yeah that sort of says that I'm really I really want to get somewhere I really want to you know I don't know, attain something, which probably isn't.
3: No. You're not supposed <laughs> to really, you're not supposed to want to attain no, anything. The goal is the problem, yeah.
1: But like, there's this guy, I you know, um, and he says that uh, he he feels compelled to, to sit. And I think that's a very good sort of thing. And I, so I can just say, oh, I just feel compelled. I don't really have any goal in mind, really. Mm-hmm. But I know what's helping me. So yeah. I, I'm that- not... You know, yeah. I, that's probably the reason why I keep doing it.
3: The goal to feel better, the goal to be better, in some
1: yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah.
3: Personal development. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the best way to improve the world. Improve yourself, mm-hmm. and you'll improve the world. Be Set set the right example, you know? And then you create more comfort in other people by you having that comfort and confidence in yourself.
1: Yeah, and s- stop destroying... Um, People and the world. It's you know if you, because I pro- I used to be very um still am a little bit but um used to be very neurotic, very negative, and it probably didn't help anyone around me. So if you change yourself, then you know you stop sort of you stop your own suffering and you stop the suffering of the people that are around you that have to put up with it. So
3: exactly, how I like to visualize it is, imagine reality is a a web, if you will. So I call it the cosmic web, right? And each string, let's say in the web, is you or me or Sharon or Mm -hmm. Mark. And whatever way that you are sends off. So so imagine, you know, when you pluck like a a string on a harp Mm -hmm. or on a guitar, it vibrates. Mm -hmm. So essentially your personality or the energy that you give off is is your vibration. Mm -hmm. And so when you're like, neurotic or you're negative, you're pushing away people. But you're not only pushing people away, but so they right. are absorbing that Sorry everybody. You know it, It's like playing those you know, when you
0: get to a piano and you just go to the deepest notes and you go boom boom. Yeah. Boom. I I like love that's those what exactly right. <laughs> and then
3: and then when you switch and you learn to reprogram that string and then you just you start attracting people to you. You start creating your own network in a section of the, the cosmic web where it's just <laughs> filled with amazing uh, coincidences and serendipitous moments and stuff like that. At least that's what I've experienced myself.
1: Yeah, I think I can, I'm starting to recognize some of that stuff maybe. You, you know, you create your own world or if you put yourself out there then, then things will happen and mm-hmm. I, I think that's true.
3: Yeah. yeah, I think it's, I think there's a case for being <coughs> co-creative. Being Co-creator. Now, this can be argued, and Mark and I have had this discussion outside of here. But I think there's a case for. Imagine if reality is a simulation. Let's say there's a code that you know that we all perceive. For example, we all perceive this table here and these microphones, and mm-hmm. we have this general understanding of the reality around us, and th- we all have a shared perception of things around us, and we can't change that. There are laws of physics. Mm -hmm. That's why we have science, that we have studied them. But then I think there is a small part of it where our belief systems and what we tell ourselves and we tell other people have an effect on this reality as well. So in that sense, I think it's a co-creative simulation. Because if you take into account all of the people that have done whatever they've done in this life, great things, you know, famous people, people, people that have written, they've all said, I'm going to do this this is my mission and then they've done that and then they've set off waves that have changed other people's lives and they've created and you know in their own way a, a section of reality right of course they don't change the, f- the fact that trees are still there you can't just think the trees away mm-hmm. because that's part of the, the general code the you know mm-hmm. so, so that's where I see it's co-creative but that could be a trick as well the fact that I think that it's co-creative possibly and maybe that's just part of the the deeper code, to make me s- think that I'm in control. <laughs> <laughs> that's the
0: problem with spirituality is yeah. you just get into to rabbit holes or, mm-hmm. or 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 abstract thinking in general. Yeah. You know? But
3: I still think that it's beneficial to to think even if it isn't to think that it is created, to give yourself a sense of power, mm-hmm. or a sense of control, but also understanding that you don't have control. If if you can <laughs> if you can balance that if you can balance that. I know it sounds maybe nonsensical. No, but.
0: I, I I understand it, and I think Sharon was, was coming across this this over the last few weeks is that your ego doesn't have control, and mm-hmm. um, your <coughs> thoughts when you're trying to change the external world and how you feel about the external world by mental processes, and you find that nothing happens. You're like, I don't want things to be this way, so I'm going to get really angry inside, yeah. and nothing is changing, which is making me even angrier. And then eventually, hopefully over time, and maybe when you're sitting meditating and you're staring at a wall and the thoughts are coming up and you're like, I'm trying to get somewhere as a goal in mind. And from some of the speakers that I've listened to, I've been really getting into this Adyashanti guy recently. He says the whole idea of a spiritual practice is to get you so frustrated Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and your mind so confused (laughs) and to the point where you realize that there is no way out of it. You can't think your way out of it. You can't not think your way out of it because you're still trying to use a strategy by trying to not think your way out of it. You can't do anything. So you almost have to just give up mm. without giving up <clears throat> as a strategy. You almost have to just literally give up out of exhaustion and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's happening now. You can mm.
2: exhausting the seeker. Yeah, and exhausting the seeker, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So once the seeker is gone, they can't then find you,
2: yeah. what they're looking for,
0: ever. It gets rid of the person who's looking, and it's mm-hmm. just the process. Mm. So there's not me who's experiencing, there's the experience itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sharon has been getting into meditating herself, uh, but she's only starting the process. She's been, what,
2: a few months now? Yeah, but it's been a, f- a few broken months, Yeah, unfortunately, through stresses. But yeah, I've been trying.
0: Has How, how have you found the early stages of it? Did you find that you didn't really know what you were doing at first? Because that's how I felt.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people might feel that that's how meditation is. Oh, I can't stop thinking. I can't stop thinking it's not going to work. I can't stop it. I'm sitting there and I just keep thinking. But that's the whole idea is to, if you are thinking, to just allow those thoughts to pass. And I think that helped me a lot because we went to a a meditation festival in June, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And it was free. It was in Dublin with um, Dublinmeditation.com, I think.
0: I don't remember, to be honest. Yeah, Uh,
2: it was really good. And it was like a week long of workshops every evening. And they gave you those tips. And I just kind of started doing that with a a, a breathing app. Actually, I started not using the breathing app today Mm -hmm. Um, and just trying to do it without. But I do feel I'm I'm not I'm not too bad at it, Mm. not too bad. Mm -hmm.
0: There's moments.
2: I'm very good at now just recognising the thought and letting it pass and not actually going deeper with it. Yeah. 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 And I do um, feel much, much better afterwards. I tend to do it in the morning because I like yeah. to start my day that way. And even mm. after, mm. let's say if it's only 10 minutes, I will find I'm getting up and I'm getting ready around the house, but there's just this slowness about me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sometimes I may be late but um, mm. to work, but it's, I'm just not panicked. I'm not Relax. rushing. I'm not yeah. frantic going around the house. I'm just relaxing and I look at the clock and go, oh, <laughs> and still then I don't panic. So yeah, it's it's a good way to start my day. But it is short. So at the moment. It's not an hour like, like Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah still I still something. something. Yeah,
0: yeah. What about you, Christo? Do you like just flat out meditate from time to time? Is there a schedule or
2: Yeah, I
3: um I used to do it very frequently and then I had a period where I stopped doing it and I was doing it more infrequently. But in the last two weeks I've been doing it every day and um I do it actually do it late at night and i'll um, i'll try and transfer into like a lucid dream from the meditative state
2: I've, I've done that too yeah um a while back i was doing it and it sets me to sleep straight like it's so good at putting me yeah. to sleep if i'm tired i will just go and it's it is amazing sleeping and then i do get more mm. lucid dreams yeah exactly. as a result so maybe i'll do it at night too <laughs> again <laughs> yeah
1: exactly maybe you yeah.
3: know you can get lucid dreams yeah i mean badly. i i used to practice lucid dreaming anyway when i was younger when i was about 20 21 because after that near-death experience i started you know Mm, being more curious about what happened there yeah so then i found about lucid dreaming and stuff like that and uh, i had similar experiences to that near-death experience from lucid dreams like this the same experience of light and stuff and then obviously some mad lucid dreams where you're flying around and and stuff like that so they're really fun man i I like to ask questions in lucid dreams
1: Mm. Do you get any good
3: answers? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll i wake up maybe with some sort of sentence and I'll write it down. Cool. I have one sentence here. I um, have it down here. Let me, let me find it for you. So, make your life's work a planetary pursuit. That's what I got from my last one.
0: That's Jordan Peterson. Bang out of it, yeah. So I, mean, I, know, you, I know you didn't take it from him. That's no, I didn't saying, take it from him. But that's what he says. You said the ultimate goal is that you 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 want to find something that's good for you, not just now, but in the present. Sorry, not not just now, but in the f- extended future. Mm-hmm. The same thing has to also be good for your family.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Same thing has to also be good <coughs> for your community. Mm-hmm. And same thing is also has to be good for the world and all of the inhabitants of the world yeah. as far forward as you can. And if your goal meets all those criteria, you've got a, a, a goal that you can be really. Did you say of. that line exactly? Something like that, along those okay, lines. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I
3: didn't know he said that. Yeah, maybe it was my maybe subconscious. You've, maybe
2: you've read it and it was sitting there in the subconscious. And my it subconscious just yeah. came out as a, maybe, a yeah. really important thing to you. At that That's moment. actually likely. And then mm. if he
3: said it, then he probably got it from someone else in his subconscious as well.
0: Einstein said that if he hadn't have published his work, that somebody else would have discovered what he discovered really quickly. Yeah, because mm. from his point of view, because Einstein was really spiritual. People don't realize it, but yeah, he was. He was for, a deist. for like one of the biggest scientists going. But he he believed in this collective un- un- unconscious, and then once one person learns something and learns it like to a high level Mm
4: -hmm.
0: subconsciously the world knows it Mm. and that it's only a matter of time before it it comes out and they've done tests again these are the kind of studies that you hear about don't research and then everyone talks about it and then eventually someone just does a bit of research and goes that's actually stupid (laughs) (laughs) but it is it's that once i think it was a chimpanzee Learns a specific activity in one country, let's say Africa, maybe I don't know, let's pick a country after Uganda or something. Then, a chimpanzee in America pretty much within a short period of time will develop that skill also. Now, again, as I said, that is a a study that I do. Sorry? They're watching each other on YouTube. (laughs) 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 We have the Skype call. (laughs) (laughs) Billy! (laughs) What did you learn today? Um, So. The next thing I want to talk about was that we kind of have a few different levels of psychonauts in here. So uh, there's there's astronauts who go out into outer space and there's Mm -hmm. psychonauts who go into inner space. And uh, every week we're going to have to give a little disclaimer. Again, we're just talking about our own personal experiences. We're not advocating the use of uh, illegal substances. And there's huge risks whenever you do because you don't know what you're getting. You don't know how it's going to affect you. You don't know about your latent potential for mental disorders and any of these substances can bring them about so if you do decide to go and do anything that we're talking about just be aware that it's not a cake ride Uh, even for us we've all had bad experiences i had a nervous breakdown ptsd serious crisis that made me quit jobs leave Mm -hmm. countries and rebuild my life now it is the best thing that ever happened to me long term But uh, in the moment, I definitely Mm -hmm. wasn't very happy. So just be very aware when we're talking about any psychedelic substances or anything illegal in general that you should take it all with a pinch of salt. It's not all roses and sunshine, but we are going to speak about what we've been through. Otherwise, we'd be lying.
3: And it could be all roses and sunshine if they legalized it and regulated it. So um, <laughs>
0: so what I was going to say is because we have three levels of psychonauts here, we have Christo, Christo and I who are quite experienced <coughs> with taking... Um, not Personally, I haven't taken a wide variety of substances. Um, I've had one LSD trip. I've had multiple mushroom trips um, and maybe two MDMA experiences. Okay. Um, Sharon, I had to... From Because she's my girlfriend now, almost two years, she can't be around me if she's not willing to listen to me talk about transcendence, enlightenment, the bigger picture, just philosophy, 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 nonstop. I send her videos every day. <laughs> she, she's either going to get sick of me and kick me to the curb or she's going to come along with me. So Sharon now has had a few experiences and I'm going to ask her about them shortly. And then we have Sean here, who is, is very interested, um, but is also... Okay.
1: He's not sure.
0: Not sure and also quite tentative as to the long-term issues that may Mm -hmm. occur. And like everybody should, you should be very critical of what Mm -hmm. some randomers with no education are talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to put it on to you, Sharon. So what was it like having someone very anti-drugs your whole life? I'll let you take it over. Yeah,
2: yeah, I was. um, So I'm turning 30 very soon and up until probably the last five months. I was very six months was very anti drugs. I just saw them in the most negative light possible. Um I was surrounded by it from where I grew up. I was surrounded by bad things resulting from drugs like violence and traumas and just misuse. So I had You
0: lumped them all to one category.
2: Yeah, I had a preconceived idea of what they were about and I was I suppose terrified. Like my dad terrified me about them to the point where I thought, oh if you take a drug you'll die. <laughs> you know, and I had this this idea about them and it was something that I, I swore I'd never be interested in i swore I'd never even you know i wouldn't listen to to anything about them and people like oh no it's great and this that and the other and i was very just ignorant towards them but yeah me and you were together a couple of years now and you've been
0: excellent a terrible influence no you? <laughs> no it hasn't i wouldn't say that
2: at all like i mean you've come with so much new information to me and you'll always back it up because, you know, what I'm like, I'm very logical, research, show me this, show me that, proven, proven, proven. And and Mark is just continually and telling me about these things and providing the research back in them She use. was
0: so strict on me that to the point where I would send her internet articles that were going into great detail. she's like that is not a peer-reviewed study <laughs> send me the scientific <laughs> evidence I'm like that's it's not that's a randomized control yeah. trial mark Exactly <laughs> that's, Seriously that's yeah.
2: It's not in a recognized journal mark so <laughs> yeah. he, he started a Oh <laughs> well, that's good it's, yeah. yeah it's just because of my physiotherapy background research and I yeah. learned how to review articles and mm-hmm. I was like no I'm not accepting that that's like mm-hmm. that's that's um, Reddit or something so yeah, Mark yeah. would then start finding articles and sending me these things and I'm like right this this, this stuff he's presenting me with now, now that I can see it I actually couldn't deny what I was reading about the benefits and the potential benefits um, that would come if it was these substances, psychological substances, particular, some in particular um, were legalised and I just, it was over a long time wasn't it Mark like I mean... He I, was having I, these experiences and I was like, okay, yeah, cool, you do I, your I thing. And I don't was still think they should be
0: just blanket legalized. I really no, don't. No, not blanket. I, I think yeah. they should be literally therapeutic use yes. and decriminalized. That you shouldn't be punished for taking them. Yeah. But legalized, maybe, if, maybe legalized like alcohol again, mm-hmm. where you really need to have a lot of stringent mm-hmm. um, protocols in place. But it definitely shouldn't be like... No, I don't agree with that 14-year-old Billy down the road wants to do a 20 no. grand
2: dose
3: like... <laughs>
2: it no. was really like the research... Mark,
3: not even like that, but they still do it. Mm. The
2: research that Mark was putting to me was all for therapeutic use, and that's you know, therapist here, and that was the one that... the research I was responding really well to. You know, I wouldn't be... If an article said, just legalise it, it's great crack. Mm. I'd be like, no, <laughs> don't. But yeah, it is really for the therapeutic use. And I just couldn't... I couldn't deny all the stuff I was reading and the, the articles I was reading and his own experiences. Obviously, he was... He was partaking in, in psychedelic use while we were together and I was seeing changes in him and just this vast knowledge was just coming out of him like more and more and more and more and I just I kind of couldn't deny any of that for very much longer, to be honest. But I did take it at my own time
0: yes you did mm. and that's if you're comfortable talking about it I'd like to quickly you don't have to go into detail if you do want to but I'd love to talk about that first time you took it in Phoenix Park and just whatever you'd like to say about it short, long, whatever
2: um, okay so the reason for taking it in the first place was there was underlying um, massive anxiety issues with me at the time due to health concerns so Mark really felt that it would help me terrified but again I had been one of those where I was like oh, I'll take a bit on my baby finger three months prior and then I'll take another little small bit and then I'll take a small bit so I took some psilocybin magic mushrooms that day and I did not expect what happened whatsoever and it was hands down the best experience of my life yeah to date <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure there's many many wonderful experiences when haven't. you say
0: best <clears throat> how, what do you mean you mean like profoundly
2: profound the one that leaves a mark on your your life mm-hmm. you'll never forget it mm-hmm. and I can never ignore it either so I can't I can't let that go I can't just like ah that was one time granted I don't ever really need to do that again it's like ooh, what's next <laughs> what, what's going to happen the next time or you know it's it was just profound
0: And um, do you want to obviously it is ineffable, not really. You can't really describe it. Do you want to give it a go at what you experienced or.
2: I've always said to you, as in since the first time that day, I felt (laughs) and it's even letting it down, saying this, but it's like your head just expands with just knowledge and space and understanding and love. And you don't think anything anymore. everything that you even even if you are thinking, you just feel you just feel everything. Mm And you can't put that into words, what you're feeling. So, yeah, my mind blew up (laughs) for five solid hours. And I had no awareness of my body whatsoever.
0: You just melted into the ground. Melted.
2: I was part of the ground. (laughs) I was music. (laughs) (laughs) I was the song. Yeah. As Foy Vance says. Um, No, it was, yeah, fantastic. No, sorry. just
3: That song. Thank you so much for showing me that song. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I... Shared it with a few friends, and one of them came back with her own version on guitar. And I was like, "Oh my god, that, it's great that you know that chain of events led, led to yeah. that." He is so, really good. I love, he's awesome. I love his voice. He's yeah. awesome. Very I good. like his style.
2: He has a live album on Spotify recently. Yeah, I, I listened to it. Very good. It's Really cool.
0: Just mm. in case anyone missed it, we are talking about Five Vance here. In case someone's going back, oh, I need to rewind this now and figure it
2: out. Five yeah, Be the song
0: is a wonderful it's song. From Northern Ireland. Great stash. <laughs> Um, so Christo do you want to tell us about your entrance into this how did you take it the first time and sorry Sean we will get back to
2: it's not all okay. going to be psychedelic I think what Sean's doing is fantastic with the meditation yeah, now I feel yeah. like a loser
3: <laughs> <laughs> no I think Sean, Sean do you want to start you, you've had one experience right
0: I,
1: oh, I've i had three but one one mushroom well it was actually truffles oh, it was in oh, Amsterdam yeah, same thing Amsterdam, truffles, low dose. So it wasn't like a profound, profound, life-changing thing. But it was, it was you know, a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought I got some sort of insight, but I didn't act on it to my, maybe shame. I don't know. Oh, that's but okay. um, it didn't shatter my, didn't shatter the earth for me. You know, it didn't mm-hmm. really change too much in my life. But it was, it was a lovely experience. And then recently I took MDMA for the first time. And that was more of a, profound experience mm-hmm. kind I think maybe that shifted something in me and then the second time it didn't really do as much but that's probably was it close to the first time a month later mm-hmm. so maybe I don't know but.
0: and um when you said that you had a, a more profound f- experience was it just that you were able to step out of your usual way of seeing the world yes I was
1: able to sort of have like a comp be in the presence of somebody mm. and not be a neurotic fool. Yes. And to have the negative thoughts like shut off for the first time ever, which was, you know, it's, it's lovely. So it was like, okay, this is how it could be, maybe. So <laughs> it, it maybe shifted something in my head. I, I sat there trying to analyze the experience mm. rather than, you know,
0: just having it.
1: Yeah. Mm. But I felt that was helpful to sort of understand what I usually do in the situation the things that I do wrong in the situation is able to 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 see those more objectively. Mm-hmm. And maybe that helped me afterwards somehow. But uh, I my meditation practice got a lot deeper a month later. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure whether to attribute that to that experience or not. Or right. if there was a change in me and then that's what changed the meditation.
0: My experience is similar to yours in that I had taken ayahuasca in Australia and um, felt like I had uh, been attacked by a demon. Again, I know how silly that sounds in case anyone has just signed in here. (laughs) And uh, I felt like I I had a heart attack. I had went to the hospital to get checked out three times. The first time I went, they thought that I had a heart attack as well. And they told me to contact my next of kin because they said, your your heartbeat is completely irregular. Then they sent away for blood samples and they came back clear. And so they said, okay, you're free to go. But that just put the idea in my head that I had a heart problem. So then I had psychosomatic symptoms then where Mm -hmm. I was getting pains down my arm. My heart rate was beating really fast. I would feel pains in my heart. Then I had like a total identity crisis. Like I'm like, whoa, who the hell am I? What is going on in the world? Nothing makes sense anymore. PTSD, I was getting flashbacks. I had audio hallucinations and so on and so on and so on I won't go too far into all of that but the acute symptoms were only a few weeks I felt like what it would be like for someone who is schizophrenic and thank god I didn't go to a psychiatrist and get drugged up on on studying all the the effects of schizophrenia medication at the moment now obviously for anybody out there who knows anyone who's schizophrenic or has taken schizophrenic medication or anything else there is short-term benefits and it can be very very beneficial some of the Research out there says that long-term exposure to the drugs that you're given when you take antipsychotic medication can cause a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Anyway, long long story short, eventually, two years later, I maybe a year later, two years later, I had MDMA for the first time. Exact same as you, complete break from my psychosis, complete break from negative thinking, Mm -hmm. complete break from judging and being so concerned about how I was coming across Mm -hmm. and how people were perceiving me and. After that, I was fine. It's not like it was world-changing from then on. It was just like I realized from that point on that this is all in my head. It's all in my head. My, my chest pains went away, my positivity increased, and it's not like I kept taking any of these substances. It was just enough to get a break from my usual way of seeing things. <laughs> Once I realized I could step out of myself, my ideas, and see the world totally differently, when I came back to normal consciousness, I was like, God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> God, it's just not have living, going through life like that, you know? Mm. Right. Back to you. Sorry, man. i kinda <laughs> no, no. sabotage that. your conversation. No, I I that's it was that's probably about it, really. a
2: combination of your med- meditation. And then um, like, I reckon they helped each other.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. I mean, I, I've definitely changed in the yeah. last since I started. Your meditation you know,
2: certainly doing something Yeah. Really oh, yeah, yeah.
1: for you. I think so.
0: Yeah. Well, I love Maybe. the tone of your voice, Sean. You relax me. Yeah, uh, he's a <laughs> nice. you
1: actually do like and when I'm anxious. actually chatting to you, I feel nice and fucking chill and relaxed. Yeah, no, it's From, so weird. Everyone says, "Oh, you're so chilled," and I'm like, um, I'm inside,
4: no, <laughs> like so anxious.
1: <laughs> so, so that's a bit strange. But um, you know, no the the MDMA thing. Um, no I don't, I don't know the studies. I haven't read the proper mm-hmm. studies. Mm-hmm. But what I hear is that it breaks the narrative that you that you maybe build up for yourself. You know, the negative narrative, uh, what you think of yourself, like my, I think I'm this anxious, neurotic, Mm -hmm. this and that. And um, it sort of, uh, it it breaks that narrative and allows you to sort of maybe, I don't know, stop identifying with that Mm -hmm. negative caricature of yourself. I'm not sure.
0: No, you're, you're spot on. And I think a lot of people, as Sharon heard, I sent her a video from Adjushans really said that when people have an identity crisis, what they generally do is they go shopping for a new identity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And said, what you need to do is actually stay in that position where you don't know who you are and get comfortable not knowing who you are Mm -hmm. and then sit there instead of creating new ideas that you can get attached to. And then that will fall apart again and again and again and again. And if you talk to any therapist, they will say the people who don't know themselves are completely lost and they're having a hard time. But they've been thrown into that situation. Mm-hmm. They've come to that because there's been a crisis in their life. Yeah. Uh, maybe they've gone through a marital breakdown. They so identified with their husband or their wife. And now they're like, who am I if I'm not this person? Mm-hmm. And instead of completely facing their false ego, which is built around ideas, they try and find new things to attach. To. And that's the process of, of psychotherapy in general. It's You've got some bad ideas here, cognitive behavioral therapy. We're gonna bring you through different behaviors, different ways of seeing the world. The example they always use is your friend walked past; they had their head down. They didn't say hello to you, even though you waved at them, and you thought they saw you. And, <laughs> that's, and so you're you're, you're you're obsessing over this. Why didn't they say hello to me? Mm-hmm. What uh, do, do they dislike me? I just can't understand what. Like, am I not a good person? Maybe they know that I'm an asshole. What's going on here? And the the therapist will talk them through, and they'll say, "Oh, well, maybe." they were busy in a rush. Maybe they didn't see you. Maybe they had headphones on and didn't hear you and so on and so on. So they ca- tried to make you rationally see
4: mm-hmm.
0: that the way you think about the world isn't the way the world is. But personally, I don't think that's a good way of doing it. I think that's an important way to show that that's the way you can approach it. You can see the way world one way, you can see the world another way. Or you can just stop with all your analysis and worry and stress and just take every moment as it comes and when a bad moment comes you let it go when a good moment goes you let it go and you're in the moment and you're i'm here talking on this i had no idea what i was going to talk about here but here i am talking about it you know whereas if i listen to this later on tonight and i listen back and i go god i sound like an idiot what am i doing (laughs) i'm taking out of the present moment Mm -hmm. i'm focusing on the past and i'm being negative and i'm creating a negative Mm self-image instead of just being in that moment and going Hey Sharon, let's watch some Netflix. You know,
1: <laughs> so I guess the key is to catch yourself yeah. when you're you're creating that story that oh everybody thinks I'm this person and I bet you they're all thinking this about me, you know and then that keeps you coming up and you have to keep catching it and yeah. catching it and catching it. And catching it. And you're like what are you doing? You know what's my mind doing to me? You know it's yeah. trying to destroy me. But
0: well, we do it to ourselves as well. They're like I am. What do you say about yourself, Christelle? I How do you if if someone says tell me about yourself and you're trying to be as honest as you can what would
3: you say about yourself oh my god that's a hard that's question a difficult question that's i can answer that so many dif- so many different ways depending on my mood mm. i don't know how to answer that one
0: yeah yeah it's a tough one man if someone said it to me i'd be like it, and i was trying to be as deep as i could i'd be like i can't answer that question because anything yeah. i say will be a concept and then someone will have to like even if i say consciousness that still creates an idea so what's the question <laughs> if if someone had to ask you to describe yourself so and you're trying to be as honest and existential and universal as possible what would you say
3: so they're saying describe yourself Christos but no, in a...
0: who are you deep down Christoph who are you <laughs> <laughs>
3: Bear your soul. I would say that I am an ever changing being and I change who I am depending on what I'm focused on, depending on the time. But if we're thinking outside of that, outside of what I see, I'm just a part of this giant organism that we're all part of. That's how I would say, but if we're it depends. The question could go into so many different estuaries of thought and, you know, (laughs) adjectives and, you know, so I don't know that's how... <laughs> but,
0: but basically, that's... that's okay. what, but the thing is, no, he's, yeah. he's, he, you can point towards the truth. Everything he's saying there is yeah. pointing towards the truth. But also everything he's saying is a conceptual because you can't help but be conceptual when you're using language. There's no other way out. Indeed. And mm. therefore, anytime you say, I'm an ever-changing being, mm-hmm. then someone has ideas about mm-hmm. what he means by an ever-changing mm-hmm. being. And you have an idea about it. And then uh, no matter what you say, mm-hmm. it's not going to be true. Not fully. It's not going to be reality.
3: Well, nothing is true in some sense, but it depends. Nothing is true on that kind of sense when you're describing yourself. And when it's perspective, when it's based on perspective. Mm. But what do we mean by true? (laughs) We're going to just go down another rabbit hole. It's,
2: It's the whole language thing about even trying to describe your experiences when you use psychedelics. You're like, I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't because let, I'll let it down <laughs> If mm-hmm. I use language
3: You know what the biggest yeah. scam is? The biggest scam is the pursuit of happiness That's the biggest yes. scam Biggest philosophical scam It mm-hmm. should be the happiness in pursuit Just switch the words <laughs> <laughs> the And word.
2: happiness is pursuing you?
3: Instead of pursuing happiness yeah. Find happiness in the pursuit And what that means oh, is okay. In the experience, in the journey Stop, you know, Forget about the result Mm-hmm. because most of the time when people get the result of whatever they've been chasing they realise I'm not happy it's the journey, it's the str- It's all of the struggles personally I value struggles highly here's another one I was thinking about this yesterday I think that comfort is in some sense a silent killer and I think struggle is a building block in disguise mm-hmm. so when you see it like that you can enjoy all of it because most of life is a struggle anyway
2: wise words, yeah Take, I like that one take as it comes ha- happiness in the pursuit
3: yeah now I, no, I got that I like that, th- that from Robert Sapolsky yeah that's
2: okay Robert Sapolsky's <laughs>
3: great neuroscientist um, behavioural scientist I like that one. but mm. yeah
0: yeah Eckhart Tolle stuff uh, yeah similar to that mm-hmm. I, I made a
3: video even before I read anything to do with Robert Sapolsky and I just spoke about f- finding happiness in the journey like, yeah, you know yeah. it's because sometimes you, you see people chasing something and I'm just I know what's going to happen
2: a lot of the, a lot of the time, when the focus is so much on the end goal, yeah. you're missing the best parts. Yeah, and then in the there's middle, a lot of expectations, and you're really unhappy in the middle. And then there's a high chance that you don't actually get to the goal anyway. Mm. So you're just yeah. miserable the whole actually,
3: time. Actually, you you sent a video yeah. earlier today mm-hmm. um, to do with depression, mm. and they speak about something like that. When you put all yeah. your eggs in one basket mm-hmm. and all expectation in one goal, you're setting yourself up to
2: fall. Yeah, because you, you lose the one thing you value. And then mm. you
0: know, again, you're not it's the, external. Yeah. It's like, I will only be happy if I mm-hmm. am this, mm. whether it's a psychologist mm-hmm. or a physiotherapist or a philosopher or a computer scientist mm. or an author. It's like I'm working towards that. When I get there, I'll be happy. But the problem is when you're so future oriented all the time that you don't realize that when you get there. You'll have, like, that much happiness. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be like, right, that obviously wasn't it. Something else in the future is going to make me happy. So you're shopping
2: for your new identity again. And this Mm -hmm. is what
0: makes people so anxious, Mm -hmm. is that the deepest person will say, you have everything you need right now. Go and stare at a wall for half an (laughs) hour. Sit down, cross your legs, don't move, and see if you can sit for five minutes Or one minute or thirty seconds and not think and allow yourself to sit there. People will sit there, maybe they'll get to the point where they okay I can I can waste thirty seconds. Sit there and they're like What am I doing later? (laughs) (laughs) They can't relax for thirty seconds. And it's everything is about developmental. It's never about I'm just okay the way I am. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not t- tomorrow will be okay. And you're still right. That journey of pursuit can be like, I'm working towards this, but I'm focused on the step that I'm on right now.
3: Exactly. Like enjoying where you are right now, always perpetually enjoying this moment. So for somebody that's studying like yourself, psychology, you studied physiotherapy, mm-hmm. you're studying philosophy, forget about the end result. Enjoy the learning, enjoy learning today. Enjoy the struggle of not being able to finish that assignment today, and God seeing it as statistics. a child. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Look, I totally agree there because guess what, guys? I am a physio now, and I am not happy. <laughs>
0: Sharon, would you like to tell us about your bad experience or your difficult trip, which is which is only a few days ago?
2: A small few days ago. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, um, yeah, it was very bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and i did not expect that either like my god the power the power behind these mushrooms is incredible
0: you were so happy going into it too yeah i yeah. kind of i was funny because sometimes the other times you've been quite anxious and you're like not today i'm too anxious today not today and in my head i've been and i've yeah. kind of said it to your son they can help with your anxiety yeah yeah but when you were really happy i was kind of like hmm Let's see how see. this goes. Uh, yeah. And and this happened to be the time you had a really difficult experience.
2: Yeah, well I kinda knew it was coming anyway, because I have a massive background of anxiety and fear, health related fear, health anxiety. Um again had a recent health scare, just didn't cope well with it whatsoever, like really coped very badly with it. My hip.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, explain that that you've got um, a a fused SRJ. Yes, so I have a fusion
2: in my lower back in one of the joints in my pelvis. Mm -hmm. Um, That just developed by itself. It just developed by itself when I was 16. It can develop for lots of other reasons, but it wasn't any of them. And it's very rare that it happens in that section of the spine. So
0: So the fusion is just where literally the bone grows together and becomes one bone. Yeah, yeah. So you can't move it the way a normal person can move it.
2: The purpose of that joint in particular is Mm -hmm. to absorb shock from the spine down through the legs. So... Mm. it's not working very well in that point so you get a lot of pain and discomfort a lot of pain yeah leg pain discomfort and can't do running high impact stuff yeah
0: and that's kind of led you to because that pain kind of comes and goes gets worse gets Mm -hmm. stronger now even right now even when i'm saying this you're still unsure as to whether that's causing the pain or not but over the last few, few months you started to be more and more convinced that it was something bigger something yeah. m- an autoimmune disorder of some shape or form or something like also that also
2: based you know? on a brain scan yes exactly yeah. <laughs> as well yeah, yeah. so something showed up on a brain scan and it just sent me into absolute turmoil and then I just start developing symptoms in relation to that thing that was on the brain scan possibly more than likely psychosomatic still have those symptoms so I was really in a in a place where I kind of I knew the mushrooms might help but also I knew maybe the bad part was coming But I didn't expect it. Um, It was so dark, horrible, deathly. That part of me that I faced that day, it was just awful. And I really don't like what I've seen. And if that's the representation of me, that needs to change very, very quickly. Because the lessons I came out were, I'm not in control of any of it anyway. All the stuff that I've been doing, so trying to run away from it, trying to avoid it, trying to figure out what's going on with me, trying to figure out the symptoms, trying to rationalise this, assuming that, trying to not worry. I tried all of that during my journey, my trip uh, on Saturday. I literally deployed every defence mechanism I've had to try and change that trip into something wonderful. But in fact, it just got worse. Mm -hmm. So I was left defeated and just had to give up and let the journey happen with the with the mushrooms and the lesson was this is what you've been doing your whole life Mm -hmm. these are all the defense mechanisms this is what you're doing you're running you're trying you're this you're figuring out you're anxious you're this that and the other it didn't work for me on the trip it didn't make anything better i tried everything absolutely everything during it didn't work and it's it's just an accurate representation of my whole life and it just showed me that i really don't have control over what is going to happen with my health and trying to fight it trying to figure it out trying to resist it is making me Worse, it's making me sicker, and it's making me miserable in the in the process and ruining my time now. So that was the the overall lesson. But like, I mean, there was an abundance of lessons. There was like probably a million they downloaded into my into my head, and I don't forget them. Mm-hmm. But it was so dark. It was very scary. I cried so much, I think I dehydrated myself. Like, honestly, I was, and I had no choice. I had to go I, to the
0: bathroom for like 30 seconds and Sharon was like, don't leave me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I called him back in because when he came back in, I'd literally curled up in a ball and I'd never cried as hard in my entire life, but that wasn't my choice, you know, and that was it. I had no, no control. And okay. now here's
0: an interesting question. Mm-hmm. You had a really amazing, beautiful, positive trip, right? Mm-hmm. And you had a really difficult mm-hmm. one. How have you felt after the good one and how have you felt after the bad one?
2: The good one didn't cause any lasting changes. They, they made me think and see things a bit more rationally, but that's the whole problem. The bad one, weirdly enough, I feel energized. I feel weightless the last few days. I'm calmer. My symptoms are improving. I, I've just spoken now, so they're probably just going to automatically get worse again. <laughs> but they are improving because I am just accepting. The talk comes in. I let it pass. I'm just... I feel fantastic after Saturday. Yeah. I felt felt like I had a little bit more knowledge after the good one, but it was just so lovely. That good one to me, it was really nice. And it did show me some of my fears, of course, the ageing and all that, but um, it wasn't profound enough or traumatic enough for me to actually feel. Very similar benefit.
0: experience to my own where mm-hmm. the first night again the ayahuasca. the first night was probably the most beautiful experience mm-hmm. of my life mm-hmm. and then the second night was the most horrifying experience mm-hmm. of my life but i wasn't ready for that for either of the experiences my way of seeing the world mm-hmm. was so off that i couldn't process it properly i couldn't relax even when I, the the experience was over i was analyzing it in, in all the wrong ways mm-hmm. and it took me years to get over it. and that's why mm-hmm. these things are not to be trifled with i can see that sean has burning questions for sure
1: a thought came up but um you're you're only 3 days past mm-hmm. this experience mm-hmm. but you guys are you know years or whatever past your experiences do they, like the the good effects do they do they stay with you do they last have they stayed with you or do they leave you and then
3: well for me yes i can't speak for everyone i can't speak for everyone because not everyone has the right chemical makeup for this <laughs> There is the minority percentage that psychedelics will never be good for. And that's a fact, Mm. you know. But the majority do have lasting effects.
0: I feel like they're teachers and they're giving us lessons. Mm -hmm. And I feel like every moment of every day, you've got to do the right things in your life. You've got to eat well. You've got to exercise. Mm -hmm. You know, if you you don't have that foundation of meditation, exercising, eating well, doing selfless things not being autistical not ruminating in your thoughts mm. if, you, if you're if you not doing the basic things you're going to have experiences good experiences bad experiences beautiful experiences but if you're not putting in that base level day to day stuff you're just experiencing hunting and maybe maybe you'll continue and have nice positive and some maybe some negative trips now and again but you're not going to get anywhere uh, so I feel like it's, it's almost the way I was explaining to Sharon the other day actually was it's almost like a check-in
4: mm.
0: it's like how far have you progressed?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: What can you handle? And it's like, okay, you've been exercising, you've been eating well, you've been really positive, you've been helping people, you haven't been egocentric. You maybe you've even fasted or something like that. So you've cleansed your body somewhat. Check in with the mushrooms, they're like, good boy.
4: <laughs> well done. <laughs> pet, pet, pet.
0: Or, you've been lazy, thinking mm-hmm. all the time about mm-hmm. how life is shit and boring, and how you're not getting anywhere, and You've been just shoving stuff you're intolerant to into your body. <laughs> and you, you you have the experience and it's mixed. It's all over the place. You don't really feel like you're getting anywhere. You almost feel like a bit of a degenerate, you know. So let's take a heroin junkie. They have this amazing experience. Now, I've never taken heroin. But let's say they've their life is terrible, usually. And they found that. Lots of people have heroin, except it's not called that whenever they're in hospital for operations. Vietnam war veterans were, almost all of them were on heroin when, while they were in Vietnam. But when they came back from Vietnam, most, 99% of them stopped. And anyone who's been on some high level, mm-hmm. what are they called? Opioid. Uh, opioids. Opioids in hospital, mm-hmm. they don't get addicted either. It's that they have a terrible life. So they escape from it.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: They're not trying to improve their life. They're not trying to fix things. They just want to get away. And then when they come back, they come back to that horrible life. Maybe their same thought processes and they just spiral out of control. The drugs do not help. Mm. They just, they're going to either help you on your path or they're going to help whatever your path is. If your path is to die in a gutter in your own puke, they're going to get you there quicker, you know? And if your path is to, help the world and maybe try and come up with some new invention or maybe legalize therapeutic psilocybin usage for for people who have treatment resistant depression, which is kind of where I'm coming at it from. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll help me to get where I'm going as well. But fundamentally, the basics have got to
2: be there. I've been very lucky in the sense that I've had Mark prepare me for the last two years and talk to me about this stuff repeatedly, repeatedly and share all this knowledge. Because if that had happened me Saturday and I had had no prep, mm. I, I would have lost the plot. I would have been running downstairs. I would have been panicking. I, w- I would not have been able to handle it as well as I did. So I think I've been very lucky in that sense. But another thing, just because Mark was talking about it on Saturday, that was very hard for me to take was that we're not in control. OK, I'm very much like, control issues I want to control my health I can stay healthy I can stop Mm -hmm. this happening to me and that was really hard for me to accept because I was like no no actually no I can't control any of this and whatever happens to us all health wise and everything is just gonna it's gonna happen we can only do our best so then I I came around afterwards and I was saying why why do we bother trying then why eat well why exercise why why do anything and then I said oh because it's being able to do all of that the right thing every day in the face of knowing you've no control Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's absolute strength to be able to go. And, you know, because you can certainly (laughs) whether you have control or not, how your, your life is going to end, you can certainly make the journey really, really nice. You can feel comfortable, you can be fit, you can be healthy and you can feel well in yourself. And it's doing that in the face of knowing that you don't have the control anyway is really and that was one of the big lessons that I learned as well on Saturday
0: Sean, are you aware of the mm. myth of Sisyphus yes Tell Sharon <laughs> of the myth of, Sisyphus. Myth,
2: uh, is this, <laughs> myth of Sisyphus
1: is this Camus or is this just the myth in general uh,
0: the myth in general, but it is Camus yeah
1: it's basically the myth of the guy this guy's I don't know what he does, but the gods basically um, condemn him to like push a massive boulder up a a oh, mountain, I know. And then, I then it falls it falls down again and he has to like push it back up again and he, that's his fate like for eternity, he has mm. to continue to do this. But he's happy yeah. because why is he happy?
0: He, <laughs> he accepts his fate.
1: He just he's like taking it one moment at a time, <laughs> is that what it's uh, I, I
0: don't I don't know. I don't think he even gave a rationale, but I mean yeah, this is I'm, He's I like this to, is it, I might as well just
1: yeah. I have no choice. Other just than
3: to says, just,
0: we have to imagine him happy.
3: Well, no, you mm. can actually bring science into this. The guy is working out, so he's getting all these, he's getting all <laughs> these endorphins. That. that was my thought.
2: He's working out and he's yeah, massive mass. arms. Exactly, <laughs> he's
3: getting all these endorphins and he's feeling good. You
2: know what I mean? Massive arms, it's ripped arms. <laughs> Look at me. Why <laughs> wouldn't he be? Yeah. You so know,
3: and he's, and he's you know he's thinking of himself like oh, I'm accomplishing something. So he feels great. But, but, he then, is, but he then, he then it comes back down again right. Right. Yeah, straight then it, away. then it comes down and he's like, oh, great, I can do that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I so enjoyed that crystal. last time.
1: <laughs> Quads for days, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Guys, we've got two minutes left. Um, I'll stick on a song unless we want to leave on any beautiful thoughts or quotes. quotes? quotes. So, yeah, we should finish on a quote, I reckon. Let's just. let <laughs> let's
3: <laughs> Someone make up one What you
2: resist persists.
3: Like that. That's very good. Hold <laughs> well on. I might have one that written. That's pretty good. I know. I've yeah. been using
2: it for my <laughs>
3: Okay. okay so. This is... No, that's too dark. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but in, in light of in light of me having the dark journey. Uh, yeah, uh, but okay, this right. one's
3: dark in a different way. <laughs> I don't want to bring that up. <laughs> I don't
2: know.
3: Nothing
0: comes
1: to mind.
2: Well, I gave one. You did.
0: That was, <laughs> that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> I'll try and think of... Uh, you have lots. Yeah, but, you know, when you're putting a spot to come I up with something. I like, I like the idea of Alan Young. Uh, Alan Young. Uh, <laughs> a in, Alan Watts was talking about Carl Young. <laughs> and he said that um, Carl Jung realised that when somebody is going on an egoic path, the worst thing you can do, almost, is stop them from mm. going down that path. Because then they're always in that halfway... Mm -hmm. Zone. They're never fully in. They're never fully out. You should almost speed up their folly, push them into even more, because once you get to that end point, that breaking point, that's when the breakthrough occurs. And that's, in his opinion, that was the evolutionary reason for ego was because it brings up to the point if we're going down the wrong path, we've got anxiety and problems and our mind is all over the place. You just increase that keep going you think that the world is flat let's keep walking west till we get back (laughs) to the same spot mate because Uh, the world is you know time up man give us that quote quick go
3: okay never run away from pain or stress tackle it head-on with determination and a stubbornness to give up on the gift that is life don't waste this gift you arrogant fool (laughs) (laughs)
0: well said guys until next week this has been another fantastic episode of terrifying